New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, it's Cloud back with you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining, whether you're commuting, riding to work, working out, whatever it is. I'm glad to be here with you and, and thankful again to study the, the Word. And I hope you all are doing that as well. It's an opportunity for you to turn the pages. Um, we're in Exodus chapter 2, and Dakota yesterday, he did a good job talking about the first part of chapter 2 where we're all kind of familiar with this story where Moses, uh, he's he's a savior figure of Israel. And at this point in the history of Israel, they were in Egypt and that was a good thing in Genesis. We've seen that that bridge the gap in the early part of Exodus. But now it's a bad thing. There's a new Pharaoh and Israel's under slavery and, and things are really bad. And we saw yesterday that Moses was born and, and his life was preserved. And that was as pointing to something greater, as pointing to Jesus. And Moses is a type of savior. But today, in this part of Exodus, we see this particular savior is an imperfect one. And so I'm going to be reading in Exodus 2, verses 11 through 25, and this is the ESV Bible. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked at their burdens and saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, why do you strike your companion? And he answered, well, who made you prince and judge over us? Did you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priests of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flock. When they came home to their father rule, he said, How was it that you have come home so soon today? Well, they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hands of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered our flock. He said to his daughters, Then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Verse 23. During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Coming right out of that, we've we've bridged quite a gap. I mean, this is compressed time quite a bit because the first part of the chapter, you know, Moses is just a kid and he's being saved, but he's in Pharaoh's household and he, of all the people and you know in Egypt, is one of these most privileged guys. And but now he's he's about forty years old when this is going on, and so even though he's highly privileged, he has more authority and he's living in Pharaoh's household. He still he still sees himself as a Hebrew. Uh, that's his identity. He's he's one of God's people, and that's that's admirable. That's a really cool quality. That despite you know his upbringing and being surrounded by the glories of Egypt, you know all that sensual, uh, 
goodness of the land kind of a thing. He still sees himself as uh, part of God's tribe, God's people, and he's identifying with them, and that's that's a big deal. And this is actually, as I studied this text, I didn't realize that there's some varying views on this, like I you know, had at surface value just reading it. And so there's an ethical dilemma here, and I'm not denying that this is a complicated issue. It's it's ethical dilemma, you know, was he just killed a guy, right? And so it's like, man, was should he have killed a guy? I mean, that is that murder? And and most of the time when I read that, I'm just like, yeah, it seems like Moses is in the wrong. But I found that people hold different views. And so whether you stand on that or not, it's an ethical dilemma. And I'm not denying the complexity of that. But let's just kind of look into it. On the one hand, I think Moses could easily be be defended. I mean, because he's he's defending a Hebrew God's people who's being you know beaten up, and so he's standing up for his life. He's standing up for injustice. He's protecting God's people, and he's identifying with the suffering of his people, of God's people. And so we could really defend Moses. He could actually be defended on a legal principle, um, law of retaliation. You know, this eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You know, that kind of thing. We see that later in Exodus 21. So that's, on the one hand, he's like, all right, you know, a lot of people throughout history have said, man, Moses is in the right. But on the other hand, even though it's a good defense, that doesn't necessarily mean that Moses was in the right. That That's what makes it so complicated because uh, it was unnecessary. And there's a couple ways to look at this. But I think Moses is in the wrong, and, and it's clear from the text this way. Uh, though we have to kind of hash that out. So first of all, Moses had more authority. He could have protected that slave without resorting to killing the slave driver. I mean, he could have used his authority in different ways. Um, And so we see Moses is really abusing his power. He's not really wielding the sword as he, he's not even has the authority to do that, but he's abusing what power he had. He's not an officer of the state, even though he's in Pharaoh's household, but he's all of a sudden, he's appointing himself as judge, jury, and executioner. And so he he could have, he should have worked within the system. So, and then the, probably the biggest one is that Moses himself knew he was in the wrong. Uh, in verse 12, it says, he looked this way and that way and seeing no one, he killed the guy, and then he hides his body in the sand. And so Moses, Moses is, it's pretty obvious, Moses knew he was in the wrong, and then he hid the evidence. And so um, that that's a big deal. I mean, he, he had good motives to, to defend someone, to stand up for injustice, but his methods were all wrong. And probably the, the biggest, most important reason that, even though this is a complex issue, is that this particular time, it's not God's will, because... You know, God had not yet called Moses to lead people out of Egypt, and it was not God's way. God, Moses hadn't yet revealed, you know, been revealed to God at the burning bush, and you know, he hasn't had that calling, that official calling yet. So later, later, God would smite, you know, smack down the Egyptians himself, and many would be killed crossing the Red Sea. But that's God's business, and and that's God's timing. And that time had not yet come. And so Moses is really taking matters into his own hands. And so I'm not denying it's complex, but later on, Moses wrote in Exodus 20, you shall not murder. And and this is really an instance of Moses taking the law into his own hands. Deliverer or savior, you know, regardless, he's, he's doing it his way and not God's way. And so the biggest thing is, God hears, God remembers, God sees, and God knows 
all the injustice in the world. God has intimate knowledge of it. He's, he knows more than we do. And so I think as we wrestle with this text, a big thing is like, first of all, Moses took matter into his own, own hands. And so he's in the wrong, even though he had right causes, he had right motives. He did it the wrong way. To God hears, God remembers, and God knows the injustice of the world. And so our takeaway, I want something practical for all of us, myself included, is what's the takeaway from that? When we realize that God knows and hears and remembers the injustice of the world, we can know that it's not our personal job. It's not our personal job to right all the wrongs in the world. It's not our job to take matters into our own hands, whatever that may be. And so I think you know, we're listening to this and we're like, I mean, I'm not cloud. I'm not really in a position to like murder some dude to, to, you know, things aren't really like that. But if you think about it, Jesus preaches later on that in some ways, uh, murder is take, you know, taking anger to its logical conclusion. Murder is taking anger to its logical conclusion. And so that's a good question to ask ourselves. In what ways are we quote, taking matters into our own hands? Maybe it's our anger, Maybe uh, many of us, I mean, we look at the culture around us, it's we should speak up against injustice, and there's lots of things that we should speak up on, but there's a difference between a message and the way we carry that out. And so many of us, I mean, myself included, we may have something good to say, but we might lose our credibility and authority by the way we say it or how we say it or what we do or how we handle that. And so a question for us is, in what ways is maybe anger? In what ways is anger destroying your credibility as a leader and as a witness to Christ? Um, and we look at this in Moses's life. It didn't even work. We can debate whether Moses was in the right or the wrong, but it just didn't work. I mean, his own people don't recognize him. How can a murderer be a reconciler? And so he he goes and he's he's in exile and he's in there for 40 years. And so that's the question. And who had given Moses that authority? Well, not yet. He is a deliverer. He is a savior of Israel at that time but he's an imperfect one. And it's God. God's the one that's going to get the glory for righting all the wrongs in the world and, and bringing about justice. And so uh, I think that's that may be helpful for to us. Of, there's things that we need to stand up for, but we need to uh, have wisdom and discernment in, in what is the right way to handle that. I hope this has helped you and made you think a little bit more. Maybe you want to talk a little bit more about Exodus chapter 2. Um, I love studying that. There's a lot more to to dig out of that text. I think we've got a sermon. It's either we have you've already heard it by this point in time or it's coming up in the future. But if you want to talk more about that, you can, of course, email me, andrew.cloud at newvisionlife.com. I hope you are turning the pages, digging into God's Word, and most importantly, spending time with Him. And I hope you all have a great day. And tomorrow, I think... It is Pastor Steve Austin is going to be bringing us a word from Exodus chapter 3. So you all have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.